Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to the third episode of Puck Perspective Podcast. I am your host, Alex Kack, and alongside me is my co-host, Dylan Robertson. And uh, today, we will be talking about a very exciting topic that has been on NHL minds for the past year, and that is Matt Duchesne. I think it's been two years plus now, to be honest, since he's, since he's been drafted, basically. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, he's... Uh, He's not been a very happy camper. Nope. If you uh, saw the picture of him coming into camp this season compared yeah. to his rookie season, absolutely hilarious. He does not. He did not want to be in Colorado whatsoever. Nope. And uh, yeah, it's been eleven months since he asked to be traded from Colorado. Finally, it has happened. Apparently, he's very happy to be going to Ottawa. It's a good thing. Well, you got to say that once you've been traded, even if you're not too happy. Yeah. But he'll be on a contender. Kind of. Oh, yeah. Something like that. Somewhat of a contender. Yeah. He has to play with Carlson, so that's a plus. Exactly. Yeah, so I guess we should just sort of break down the whole trade. Who won it, who lost, what everyone gave up, what they got. Um, Well, basically, Ottawa got Duchesne. Preds got Kyle Turris. Yep. And uh, for me personally, I don't see much of a difference between Duchesne and Turris. Duchesne is a higher upside player. He's got an extra year on his contract, which is definitely a big thing. But I just don't know if he's the right guy that will fit into Ottawa's schemes. Like, Turr seemed to buy in. He definitely did fit in the system very oh. well. So It's going to be interesting to see how Duchesne fills that void because Turris did a good job, but I feel as though... Duchesne could even do better potentially, but even if he, even if he just is as good as Turris, I guess the Sens will be happy because of that extra season. But it is a lot to give up for that. So do you think Duchesne will score at a thirty goal pace this year? Um, is that the prob- kind of player you're getting? Probably not. Year? I don't think so. What are realistic expectations that you as for a Sens a fan give to Matt Duchesne? Like. On an average, like, because you're going to be playing about 70-odd games. Yeah, I I think you should be expecting for, if he plays a full season, 60-plus points is what you should be hoping to get from him. And Turris was about a 55-point player, so that's uh, a little bit of uh, an upgrade. But for what they gave up, I don't know, it's it's looking like a steep price to pay for such a marginal upgrade. Now, if they kept Turris in the mix, that would have been a completely yeah. different story. Yeah, for uh, me at I, least. I don't know that they wanted to sign Turris to the extension that he got with Nashville because he'll be going into his age twenty nine season, and he just got six years at six million per per year, which would take him until he's thirty five, and at that point, he's probably not going to be the same player he is right now. And considering that Ottawa's got to re-sign Carlson. In the next year, I think that they really didn't didn't want to commit to Turris the contract that he got with Nashville. That's actually a, a great point that now that you bring that up because Turris and Stone had to be re-signed in the offseason. Exactly. And you can't allocate all your dollars towards those two players mm-hmm. when the real star on your team is Carlson. Right. So, And now they have... Duchesne signed for that six million bucks for next season, um, so they are able to contend this year and next season without having to give out that long term contract to the center. 
So based on Ottawa's cap situation and whatnot, and Eugene Malnick having an internal cap for the team, uh, where do you see? Do you see this team resigning Duchesne, Stone, and Carlson, or do you think it's going to be more of a choice between two, like choosing two of the three of those players? Um, well, I think they'll definitely resign Stone and Car and Carlson if Carlson wants to stay, which I think he does. But the thing is, the interesting thing is, is that now. After next season, they will have Derek Broussard and Matt Duchesne as pending UFAs in at the same time. So I would expect them to sign one of those two guys, but probably not both. So I would, I would expect that probably it would be Duchesne and not Broussard. But um, it sort of gives them a little bit more flexibility and pushes the problem into the future, which I think is important for them right now because they're kind of in a win-now mode the way their team is structured. That's fair to say. As, as ridiculous as it might be, because I don't know that they're necessarily a prototypical Stanley Cup contender, but I think that now is their time to win, this year and next season. So, another question for you here. Right now, uh, Duchesne's sitting at a $6 million salary. Broussard's at $5 million. Together, that's $11 million. If yeah. you could have both of them back on this team, signed to, say, five, six-year deals each, yeah. with a combined cap hit of $11 million, would you do that? Um, probably not because at that point, Broussard would be 32 years old. Um, I would probably do it for Duchesne, but, um, Broussard would definitely need to take a pay cut or he'd have to find a new team, I would say. I mean, cause Benajad trade's not looking too good anymore. Uh, I guess he's looking, he's looking really good this season. Yeah. But you know, Broussard has been Broussard- great brings a lot to the Sens team and honestly would they have made that well okay of course Carlson supported the team right with one foot but would they have made that long cup run without Derek Broussard we'll never know but he was amazing for them in the playoffs completely agree with that. even with a, a, sh- a major shoulder injury yeah and Zabanjad is only 25 so it would be nice to have him looking forward but Broussard has definitely helped the team in the short term for sure um, so I guess we can take a look at what the Avalanche got in this trade. Now, obviously, you and myself probably don't know as much about the Nashville guys, but um, I second that opinion. <laughs> definitely, I, I believe that Gerard was undrafted. Was he not? No, he. I that I have no information. Actually, I can't remember. If I remember correctly, I think he was a second round pick. But okay, could I'm. Could be wrong. I, th- I think I know that Vlad Kamenev was a second round pick. I might be mixing them up. You um, never know. Here, let me check this out. Oh, he's only 21 years old. So they are getting a very young player here. Yeah, he was a 2014 second rounder. Playing in the AHL. has got a point per game this season and had 51 points in 70 games last year. That's Those are some really good stats. Yeah. So they're getting a legitimate forward prospect there from Nashville. Yep. Probably the best prospect they're getting in this trade, I would have to say. Well, apart from the picks, but that could, yeah. be, that could turn into anyone. Um, so you can't really place uh, too much stock into and then what they Samuel could Ger- Sorry, yeah. Samuel Gerard. Yeah, you are right. He was a second-round pick in the 2016, in the 2016 draft. draft. And he's actually played five games this year with three points. Um 
So yeah, they're getting two very high-level prospects from the Predators there. Um, and then from Ottawa, they're uh, they're getting Andrew Hammond. Yep. Who sort of fizzled kind of out? Fizzled out a bit unfairly, I would say, because he's played well in the AHL and he's had some injury problems. But I actually think it's good for Ottawa that they're getting um, rid of him because. One of their top goalie prospects, Marcus Hogberg, has had to play in the ECHL because of it, and now he'll have a full-time spot with the AHL team. So I think that's actually good for his development this season. That's a fair call. Um, still a lot to give up, but I think that is a positive thing. And then they've traded Shane Bowers, who Ottawa drafted this past season, and to be honest, I was I never really had much attachment to him. He's an 18-year-old center in the NCAA, so still very big question mark. But the, the issue I had with them drafting him was that they said, oh, he'll definitely be an NHL player, but he'll probably max out as a third-round center, or third-line center, sorry. Sounds like a lot like Frederick Gauthier. Exactly. So I, I was a bit concerned with that um, analysis of him when he was drafted. So I, I don't think he's that big of a loss. Um, and then beyond that, they obviously gave up the 2018 first rounder, which is top 10 protected, Yep, which is nice. But, but if it does end up being top 10 protected, no matter what the 2019 positioning is, they have to give it to right. Colorado. Yeah. Um, at this point, it would be a pretty massive disappointment if Ottawa finished in the bottom yeah. 10. Well, Duchesne probably wouldn't resign either if you finished in the bottom right. 10. Yeah, that's very true. He'd pick a Carlson might not either. So if that happens, it'll just be a total disaster. Oh, yeah. Um, Pierre Dorian is definitely losing his job if that happens. Yes. So, and then they gave up the third for next season as well. So basically, you're looking at Ottawa giving up, you could say, two late first round picks and a third round pick and to. A and, washed up goalie. And a washed up AHL goalie to get a maybe marginal well, upgrade also at center. Also Turris. Don't forget Turris. Yeah, to get a marginal upgrade at center. Very marginal upgrade, yes. in my opinion. Um, yeah, it's a steep price to pay, but it, like we had said earlier, it sort of gives them a bit more cap flexibility for the next year or two, and maybe will help them re-sign Carlson while still contending in the next two seasons. So I, I understand it, but it is a big price to pay on their right. standpoint. So when I look at this trade, I immediately thought, wow, Nashville got a steal. Yeah, It's not every day that you get a center of Turris' quality. I don't know if he is necessarily a number one center. He might, in my opinion, be more of a 1B. Like, he's not the true But that's fine answer. with Nashville, considering they have yeah. Johansson. They have Ryan Johansson. They kind of have two of those guys, actually. They slide Turris in, and then they'll be able to drop Benino down to the third yeah. line because... because that was their biggest need. Because yeah. Benino is not a second-line center. For sure. Great third-line center, I would say. Oh, yeah. But as well, a second-line center, just is not going to cut it. At $4.2 million, he's uh, yeah. a bit overpaid for his Definitely. Definitely. But I and really... Like what the Preds did here, just because they were able to keep their defensive core intact. Yeah. With so that's obviously a big win for them, and they're able to pick up that centerpiece, pun intended, <laughs> uh, to really augment their team. And I think and, they are gonna. And they didn't give up any pieces 
any significant pieces from their lineup for this season, which is huge for them. Well, I mean, Gerard has played a few games, but once Ryan Ellis comes back, um, he won't be playing in the lineup. So it they're really adding a first-line center, maybe, you could yeah. say, and taking nothing off their team. So it's a massive addition for them. Oh, yeah. Definitely increasing their chances to go deep into the playoffs. Yeah, I I think this is a team that could really uh, shine this year in the playoffs, like they did last year. And yeah. uh, I wouldn't be surprised before this trade. I wouldn't have said that, but now I I could see it happening. Yeah. Center depth was their biggest issue against the Pens because uh, yeah, well Johansson was injured and they had and they've lost Mike Fisher this yeah. season, obviously. Which they hurt. lost Mike Fisher and yeah, they, they and James Neal. So that's a lot of scoring there to lose. Yeah. So it's big for them. I really like the trade, and you can see why they did it. Oh, yeah. Obviously, like we said, gave up some some good level prospects, but yeah. definitely worthwhile. They've got to win now. They, Girard and Kamenov could turn into quality NHLers potentially, right. and that second rounder could always turn into something. But I think that's uh, getting a first line player. Yeah, definitely huge. a major steal for them. Yeah, and then. We've already talked about all the pieces the Avs got. They ended up getting seven assets from this from giving away one player who asked for a trade. That is insane. I honestly couldn't believe it when I saw what the Avs got. I know. It's like, nuts. I was believing when I saw like all the pieces that were moving that there were other pieces coming to the Sens and the Preds. So did but I. But no, they all went to the Avs and I just can't believe it. Trading... Duchesne for three draft picks, a first, second, a third, and four, well, three prospects yeah. and a somewhat washed up goalie. Yeah. That's something you do every wow. day yeah. of the week. A, a first rounder from last year, a second rounder from last year, last year, or two years ago, and then a yeah. second rounder from three years ago. That's huge. And they're getting guys who are, two of them who are basically NHL ready, Kamenev and Gerard. Yeah, like this is a huge trade for their future. I I do like it, but they've got to they've got to hit on those picks. If oh, they yeah. don't hit on those picks, it it might make them look a little bit st- stupid, to be honest. But um, yeah, but what else are you supposed to do? Obviously, it would have been nicer if they got that pick from a team that could potentially give them a lottery selection. Yeah, but not all teams are the Leafs and no. trade away their first. There are two first rounders that end up being lottery picks. Yeah. Most most teams that are like that bad usually don't trade for mm-hmm. good players because they know it's a waste of time. Yeah, so it's it's an interesting trade because each I feel like each team accomplished what they wanted to do, each for different reasons. Though Ottawa's is sort of to posture themselves salary wise for next season, Preds is to win this season, and the Az is to win. Five years from now, <laughs> yeah. But it, it, I, if I had to say, if you had to say one or maybe two teams that you think really won this trade, who would you pick? I'd pick the Avs and the Preds for yeah, sure. Yeah, I think so too. Definitely the Preds because of how much better this t- trade makes their team for this year. I think yeah. the Avs got a lot of pieces and likely a, a, at least a couple of them are going to hit. You know what I mean? Something has to. Something's going to hit. So um, I, I definitely like what they did. And then for Ottawa, I think they gave up a lot to get a maybe better player. But you definitely brought up the most underrated part of the deal, that they're able to posture themselves for the future and yeah. actually be able to see what dollar figure Carlson's going to get exactly. and work around that, which 
that is their number one priority over the next two years. Yeah. Other other than winning, but you know what I mean. Yeah. So they gave up prospects and picks to basically try and secure Carlson yeah. and make the team as good as they can around him. Which, you know what? It's not. If those were the reasons why they did this trade, apart from also getting a marginal upgrade at center, I can honestly respect that from yeah. Dorian. But at the same time, it's still just wow. Yeah. I'm just I'm just waiting for the Duchesne to Zingle and Hoffman line because that would be one of the fastest lines in the league. That would wow! I, I just oh. I hope that they do that. Ottawa's going to be a little scary. I'm I'm looking yeah. forward to these battles of Ontario. Once Bobby Ryan gets back and has he's in their top six, it's going to be pretty scary looking. To be honest, haven't yeah. been able to say that in a while. We'll actually have a good game for once. It's not the Leafs just being garbage and yeah. Carlson just being Carlson yeah. and Ottawa kind of like. Being there with Carlson. The um, Carlson Senators are coming to town. Oh, yeah. Yeah. What a stud. Okay. Let's move on to something that has been uh, really magnified because of the market, but uh, the Leafs struggles in recent weeks. Mm-hmm. What is wrong with this team right now? Well, I think there are a lot of reasons. They're giving up a lot of goals. That's not a good thing. Yeah, that's one. never a good thing to be giving up goals in a league where you score goals to win. This isn't golf where whoever gets the higher weight, lower, score, higher score loses. Yes. Um, okay, reasons here. First of all, I think they have a lack of size on defense, lack of size and somewhat grit. That you that in the new NHL is not something that most people. Uh, value like advanced statistics but it's more of the old fashioned NHL game Mm -hmm. so I think the Leafs have maybe moved too much towards advanced statistics and they're kind of forgetting about yeah if a if a Chris Kreider parks himself in front of the net what are you going to do about it right because that game against New York he screened Anderson at least three times yeah um I think Babcock needs to have a firmer stance with his team because the lack of effort they're showing Mm -hmm. is downright pitiful. I think this team has gotten too arrogant and they've bought into their own hype far too much that right now they're not playing like a team that's trying to make the playoffs. They're playing like a team that thinks they're already in the playoffs and can just cruise until playoffs come and then turn it up. Yeah, it's it's not a good look right now. I'm looking at you, Bozak, JVR, and Marner's okay. (laughs) But the, the vets just need to step up. And, um, yeah, what are your opinions, Dylan? I mean, obviously they're scoring a lot of goals. And I haven't, I haven't seen a lot their last few games. But I think it's, they've just got to start playing better in their own end. You know? And to be honest, sometimes it, I think Anderson's got to step up. I know that maybe he's having to st- stand on his head some nights, but... At some point, you just got to get that extra save. And I, I I, think that he's a guy who could step his game up a little bit, which would help him a lot. Yeah, that's that's definitely a thing. Of course, he's led in a lot of tipping goals, which you can't really blame the goalie for. But maybe has to hack at the back of their legs a little bit more, move the yeah. screen out of his way. But yeah, so moving on to the defense point, I think that this Leafs team has moved too far towards advanced statistics and don't have enough size. Well, at least they aren't being physical enough in front of the net, 
which is why they brought Roman Polak into the fold. Mm-hmm. Now, at first, I was actually not that angry about the move because I've been watching the Leafs games and I've been watching them getting punked in their own zone by opposing teams. And I thought, you know what? If we have five puck-moving defensemen, guys with speed, it's not going to be that big of a deal having Roman Polak in the back, right? Mm-hmm. Boy, was I wrong. Mm-hmm. This guy has less foot speed than Carlson with one skate. I am serious. Carlson could have a broken foot and outskate Polak. Yeah. He did two have broken a broken feet. Two broken feet and outskate Polak. He doesn't even need an Achilles tendon to outskate Polak. Yeah. This guy is like being pushed around by those the the people who clear the snow off, like the yeah. shovels at like the commercial breaks. Yeah. Like it's So it's, you're obviously not a fan of the signing at this point? At this point, no, I'm not a fan of signing. Like I appreciate what Roman Polak did for the Leafs last year. He was a real Iron Man for the team. I actually thought he was potentially their best defender at the end of he the season. He played very well down the stretch. Going into the, and like in the pe- playoffs. People did make fun of him throughout last season for kind of being slow and whatnot, but he actually did play well down the stretch. He was amazing. He was yeah. the only Leafs defenseman that was able to make zone entries yeah. like late in the season, and I thought that was ridiculous. Yeah. Like He elevated his game, and he tried his hardest. And... That's why the Leafs rewarded him with a new yeah. contract, which isn't looking so great right now. No, it isn't. But uh, what I think the Leafs should do is they, they do need some sort of player with that style of play in their lineup. And I've, I've been really impressed with Boardman in the the uh, few games that I've seen him play. So I I, I don't know. Has he been a regular guy? Has Boardman he been playing has, every game? Yeah. So, He's yeah, been playing I, almost every game. So then Carrick's been out. I guess, right? Yeah, the last couple games. Been sitting. Yeah, I, I think I'd prefer to have Carrick in than Polak because I think Boardman has really filled that role. He's he's plays physically in his own end, and he's proven that he can. Did you see that goal he scored the other night against St. Louis? That bar down goal. Might have missed it. I I might have missed that one. Oh man, it was a nice. Goal. I rage quit nice. out of the game at six two. I'll try to find it, and we can do a live reaction to this shot. <laughs> Yeah, no, it, I, I understand what you're saying about Borgman. He definitely is a player that I think could really succeed in the NHL, and I think he's got the tools to Here be just a beast. Okay, we're going we're to take a look at this video, live this reaction. Is, this is a pass from Matt Martin to Andreas Borgman, and he snipes Bardem. Watch this. Matt Martin. Oh. That, that is a very nice shot. Far corner, Bardi. I mean, that's only one play, but you, you can see how he actually has some offensive talent to go along with the physical play in his own end. So I, I, I think he is a guy who the Leafs should lean on a little bit more this season. Yeah, but the one issue with his game is he is still a rookie, and he's no making plenty of rookie mistakes, which is not helping out Anderson in any way whatsoever. For sure. And I think he needs to find more of that upper body strength and push guys away from in front of the net. Yeah. The Leafs are not doing that enough, and I really think they need to like step yeah, up that part step of their up game. Their playing their own end for sure. Like it's it's never fun trying to push Chris Kreider, Wayne Simmons out from in front of the net, but man, Freddie has to be able to see those shots, and yeah. if you don't do that, you're leaving your goalie out to dry. Yeah, exactly. Especially in the in the right re- or in the regular season for sure, but. Come playoff time, especially, you get all those dirty goals that happen around the net, and you just have to be clearing your own net. And 
it's it's such a huge factor come playoff time. We'll look back at the Leafs Sens game. Yeah. That first goal of the game was literally Tim Bits hockey in yeah, front of the I Leafs know. net for twenty seconds. Everyone was just slashing at the puck and it somehow managed to go in. Nate Thompson with the snipe yep. from the doorstep. I don't know what to say. You gotta knock someone over in that situation. Maybe take a penalty. Doesn't matter. Just let him know who's boss. <laughs> Cadre's very good at getting that big hit, although sometimes they're a bit dirty. But mm-hmm. our defense just needs to like just lay someone out. Yeah, Borgman's tried, but no one else is uh, really going for that. Yeah, they don't really have those kind of D right now, other yeah. than Borgman and Polak. And you don't even want to get me started on the Leafs coming back into their own zone to play defense. Uh, mm-hmm. I'm talking about the forwards here. Yeah, that's uh. They aren't really buying into the system. Yeah. They need some a better effort out of, what, what was it, the second line? Or the old second line with JVR, Bozak, and Marner. Yeah. Two of those players are now sitting on the Leafs' fourth line. Yeah. With so, Matt Martin. That just shows you what the coach thinks about them. Yeah. Right now. In case uh, you all missed the Leafs' last game, they were mm-hmm. playing uh, Marlowe at center. Yep. Which... Was very interesting. So no Dominic Moore. You had, if I believe my memory is correct, you had uh, Marlowe playing with JVR and uh, was it Brown? No, he it was, was on the top line. Matthews, Brown, Hyman, Kadri, Komarov, and I think it was Kapanen. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> you had Bozak, Marner, and uh, well, Matt Martin on the fourth line, and then you had was it Levo? I don't believe it was Levo. How how can I forget a Leaf player? This is embarrassing. You had Marlowe, uh, Marner, JVR, and Nylander. Oh, yeah. Play on that line. You're just so used to him being with Matthews. I was just so used to him being with Matthews. I just completely forgot. Which, that is completely different from the lines we've seen all year long. Even most of last year. Yeah. Even most of last year as well. That's pretty crazy. No, I don't think it'll... Like, I think Nylander will be back with Matthews for next game, to be honest. But... I think that was Bozak sending a message to the team. But Babcock. Yeah, bad talk. <laughs> Bozak's not sending any message to the team Coach right now. Bo- Coach Bozak. Oh, no. I I was a huge Bozak fan before, but he's he's killing me. Struggling a little bit this season. He's definitely struggling. I don't know what it is. Is he too afraid to like get hurt, get stuck in? I'm not really sure what it is. And then, yeah, that brings me to my second point. Lack of effort as well as buying into your own hype. Yeah. Which, I I know you haven't seen many of the Leafs games, but they are consistently being outshot in the first period, mm-hmm. even though they end up coming out with leads a lot of the time just because they've such pure goal scorers on this team, they can make something out of nothing. It is not a good situation for this team to be in. I don't think you're going to win many hockey games when you're being outshot so heavily, and you can't rely on Anderson, who... Granted, hasn't been playing too great. Although, he was not bad in the St. Louis game until that second period. Right. He was very good in the first period. He stopped 
a boatload of shots, mm-hmm. and then the the tires kind of fell off. But what does this Leaf team have to do to re-motivate themselves to play a good brand of hockey? What are your thoughts? How does the coach do that? I mean, I don't know. I don't. I don't think it will take much. It's just the coach getting the players to buy in to whatever he tells them they need to do. You know what I mean? It, it, it's not a big change because we've, we've seen them play successfully and have success. So there's something that's a little off right now, and I think they just need to tinker with whatever they're doing and eventually, hopefully sooner rather than later for their sake, they will get back to playing the way they, that we saw them early on in the season. I really don't think it'll be they'll be long in this little rut. Well, I'm hoping it's not too long because these hockey games are very painful to watch. Mm-hmm. They're not very exciting when the team gets down by like four or five goals and yeah. you're kind of sitting there like, well, this is great. Um, well, we're going to see them against the powerhouse Vegas Golden Knights tomorrow night. That'll be interesting. Yeah, that, that, that'll be if, interesting. If they can't beat a team using its fourth string goalie, then it might be time to to be concerned a little bit. I'm uh, already slightly concerned. I look at this team and the way they're playing right now, and if they keep this up for the season, which I hope they don't, and I expect them not to, they will not make the playoffs playing like this. Yeah. They will 100% miss it, and I will not be surprised. Even if they snuck in playing like this, there's no way that brand of hockey will be successful in the playoffs. It's just not going to happen. Definitely not. Yeah. How many goals against do they have? They're they have fifty five, which is fourth worst in the league. That behind is, Arizona, Pittsburgh, and Florida. That's disgusting. They, they have scored fifty seven, so they are still at plus two. But that's a lot of goals to have given up. Oh man, that makes my heart hurt a little bit. Tied with Montreal. And Montreal and sucks. Yes. So that makes me feel a little better mm-hmm. seeing that Montreal's not doing so great, but. Man, this is uh, Ottawa's actively trying to improve their team, and Toronto's actively destru- self-destructing. Yeah, what a time to be alive! So that just about wraps up this episode of Puck Perspective. We're we've been trying out well. We're going to be trying out a little bit of a new method for our episodes. We're going to try and keep them more to the half an hour range and uh, get them out a lot more frequently. Yeah, I mean, um, this was this episode was uh, we talked about the massive trade between the Sens, Preds, and Avs, and hopefully we will have another episode in the next few days, if not the next week, and maybe um, with some more league-wide talk because we've sort of been focusing on the Sens and Leafs for this one. But um, hopefully you guys enjoyed it, and if you did, you could leave us a review on iTunes, and if you want to keep listening in the future, you could subscribe to us both on iTunes and or SoundCloud. Um, So yeah, thanks for listening, and we will be back soon. Last time I said goalies go at the end, and they sucked after that podcast. (laughs) So 